Hey listeners, it's Jenny. I want to tell you about another show I think you'll love. It's no secret that people in Hollywood have become increasingly vocal about their politics in recent years. Actors, artists, and creators clearly feel the responsibility of using their platform for good. The question is, how? From Wonder Media Network comes a new show called The Accidental Activist. Former CNN anchor and acclaimed journalist Aisha Sasse speaks to cultural icons like Amanda Seals, Margaret Cho, and Jesse Williams to discover how an accidental turn of events can spark one's passion to change the world. Aisha unpacks the moment they decided to get involved with social movements, ranging from gun control to racial equity. At the center of it all, they illuminate a core truth of the human condition, the desire to make a difference in the world. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. They said, no, we're not closing a school because of one irate, hysterical housewife. And so I did a petition and went door to door. Hi, I'm Grace Lynch. I'm one of the writers and producers behind Womanica and the creator and host of another Wonder Media Network show, As She Rises. As She Rises is about personalizing the elusive magnitude of climate change through the power of poetry and the stories of local climate activists. Which is why I'm so excited to guest host this episode and introduce our new theme for the month, Eco-Warriors, Women Fighting for Conservation and Ecological Justice. Today, we're talking about a woman whose work protecting her community opened our eyes to environmental crises on a local level. Her small-town campaign made national headlines and established her as a leading voice in toxic waste management, even though her career started, literally, in her own backyard. Please welcome Lois Gibbs. Lois was born on June 25, 1951. She grew up in Grand Island, New York, as one of six children. Her father was a union worker, and her mother was a stay-at-home mom. Shortly after graduating high school, Lois got married and had two kids, Michael and Melissa. In 1972, Lois and her family moved to a three-bedroom house in a neighborhood called Love Canal in Niagara, New York. For a while, their life just miles from Niagara Falls was relatively normal. Lois was a housewife who worked sewing draperies, her husband worked at the Goodyear plant, and their children went to the local school. But shortly after moving, Melissa and Michael began to show worrying symptoms. Melissa, who was born in Love Canal, developed a rare blood disease. Michael, born three years earlier, had always had asthma, but after moving to Love Canal, he developed increasingly severe illnesses. First, pneumonia, then a urinary tract disorder, and then a seizure disorder. His weakened immune system left him vulnerable to many sicknesses. Lois searched for answers to her children's illnesses to no avail. She tried to make her home as healthy as possible, even banning soda. But Michael and Melissa continued to be in ill health. In the spring of 1978, Lois got her answer. The Niagara Falls Gazette broke a story about toxic dump sites littered throughout the region. A petroleum subsidiary called Hooker Chemical Company had used areas of Love Canal as an industrial dump for compounds 
at least 12 of which were suspected carcinogens. Once defunct, Hooker sold the dumping site to the school board for $1. As a result, Love Canal's local playground was built on top of more than 20,000 tons of toxic chemical waste. The waste had made its way through the entire community. It contaminated the local water supply and soil, lacing everything from tap water to the dirt in people's backyards with toxic chemicals. It also accounted for the high rates of unexpected illness and congenital health issues in town, including Lois's kids. Lois got to work. She organized the Love Canal Homeowners Association to fight for her community's permanent relocation away from the waste. The association held rallies and protests to raise money and awareness for their efforts. They garnered media attention, but also encountered criticism from opponents. Occidental Petroleum, Hooker's parent company, insisted the leaking chemicals were not linked to illnesses in the community. Lois herself was called hysterical for her actions against local and federal bureaucracy. She was criticized for spending too much time fighting with the Homeowners Association and not enough time taking care of her children. Lois and the Homeowners Association fought for more than two years. In 1980, a new study from the EPA revealed that relocation would just be the beginning. Toxic chemicals, like the ones in Love Canal, could trigger genetic damage for future generations to come, even miles and years away from the original dump site. As evidence continued to pile up, residents of Love Canal grew increasingly frustrated. According to Lois, when the report came out, one of her neighbors wrote out EPA in gasoline on their lawn and set it on fire. In another protest, members of the Homeowners Association blockaded EPA officials in a house for six hours. A rally so newsworthy, even the FBI got involved. The Homeowners Association gave President Jimmy Carter an ultimatum. Relocate Love Canal residents in the next four days. If we do not have a disaster declaration Wednesday by noon, then what they have seen here today is just a Sesame Street picnic. In October 1980, the president delivered an emergency declaration the U.S. government purchased Love Canal homes at fair market value, nearly $15 million, and relocated more than 900 families from the hazardous area. After leaving Love Canal, Lois pushed on. Despite her success, others underestimated her ability to grow the movement. Her own mother warned her she was just a housewife with a high school education. But Lois knew there was more work to be done. While working in Love Canal, she received calls from people across the country in similar situations. In 1981, she moved to D.C. with her two children. There, she established the Center for Health, Environment, and Justice, or CHEJ, a national nonprofit to help support local activists dealing with similar situations to hers. To this day, she serves as its executive director. Today, Lois is a renowned international speaker on hazardous waste pollution. She holds four honorary degrees, 
as well as a nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. In 1998, she continued to bring visibility to the aftermath of Love Canal in her book, Love Canal, The Story Continues. She also worked with a network of grassroots organizers to campaign against dioxin with the Stop Dioxin Exposure Campaign and the book Dying from Dioxin. In 1983, CBS produced a primetime movie about her life. All month, we're talking about eco-warriors. For more information and pictures of some of the work we're talking about, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. And please make sure to check out Season 2 of As She Rises, wherever you're listening right now. As always, the show is taking a break for the weekend, but we'll be back on Monday. Talk to you then.